0: Startup Santa Show is about sharing the entrepreneur journeys and the lessons learned along the way. These entrepreneurs have done some incredible things, and we are excited to share their stories. So Vinny, why don't you go ahead and give us a few minutes of uh, of an introduction about who you are and and what you're all about. Sure. So yeah, a little background.
1: So I guess my my background, you know, since childhood, I've been interested in computers programming, robotics, um, et cetera. Um, I also lived in a family that promoted, I guess, um, entrepreneurship, or at least what we called running a business, um, back then. And, um, you know, I, I was pushed to sell things like, uh, trees and twine, um, and all sorts of stuff around the neighborhood. I was never good at that. I still am not a good salesperson of something I don't believe in. And I guess uh, childhood Vinny did not believe in selling twine, um, to neighbors. Um, but it did always lay the groundwork of the idea of being self-employed and of being in my own business that way. Um, and then from the tech standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm a gen Xer, um, solidly also in the Zennial category, I guess, cause I, I played uh, Oregon trail and, um, you know, was old enough to remember the rotary phone and calling radio stations, but young enough to be very adaptive to technology. And so, you know, by third grade, um, I was programming in basic and learning logo, um, which was this, Um, logic system and um, and built a family of robots out of uh, wood um, in a shop downstairs in my basement I grew up on Long Island where we had basements so um, quite a bit of a background that way and throughout high school and my my primary schooling was always interested in computers um, took drafting classes the original plan I thought I was going to be an architect or engineer Um, unfortunately Um, Due to the way we used to teach math, I was never able to take the leap from algebra and geometry to your higher level calculus and and whatnot. And so um, instead of engineering and um, architecture, I ended up going into computer drafting and then eventually computer programming and learning website design. And uh, that kind of became the basis or foundation for me to start a web development company um, and really experiment with different ideas from there, um, starting various website concepts um, in my spare time while also managing client websites, um, which I think a lot of web developers and programmers in general do. They're always being asked, hey, can you get on with this startup idea? And, um, you know, like yourself, I had a number of, of startups over the years, uh, concepts from event ticketing to trendy apartment websites, um, that you know were all different experimentations and kind of died in their own way along the way. Um, but it gave me a broad level of ex- a broad level of experience across a number of different industries, and I think that's anybody in marketing or consulting. Um, I think that's one of the takeaways of the fact that you get to get to be a a jack of all trades by learning at least a little bit about all of your clients' businesses, um, which has then really uh, paid out well in the last decade for me um, as I've become more of an event organizer and now an economist and kind of figuring out where the next jobs are going to come from um, as we move into a full knowledge based economy um, that's not based on, on, goods and services being sold the same way they were in the past. So,
0: um, yeah, so
1: that's kind of a, a, little bit of like where, where, where the background was, I guess.
0: Very cool. And it's a very interesting journey to come from the idea that you need to sell whatever you can focusing on twine and, and, trees to go from really that husbandry forester kind of mindset um, scrappy I guess is a good way to call it too all the way to web development which allows you to get access to a wide variety of of businesses and industries because ultimately it's a service that most companies need uh, for what they're doing that's phenomenal it's a a incredible variety you know as you've uh, been on this journey who are the people in? along the way that have had the biggest impact in what you're doing and where you're, where you ended up?
1: You know, I, I look at, it's interesting. I've never, I have I have dozens of mentors that I would count as mentors. And, and I think mentorship is something that people look for very specific things. And what I end up, what my philosophy has always been to take as much information from as many people as possible, as opposed to having one mentor. And and I think, the, you know, the three, you know, the, the sectors that have really helped me the most is I've got a lot of friends in the nonprofit sector um, that are all mission focused. And so I've learned a lot about what's going on to help support communities um, in that manner. And then I think second has been um, before economics, I was, you know, most of my career has been in uh, web development, and marketing. And I was involved with the American Advertising Federation um, as a young professional. I was involved with Ad2Tampa Bay, and uh, I was chair of the National Ad2 organization. Um, and I think those organizations and being in a trade group really helped me figure out what industries did cumulatively to impact um, policy towards them, impact the the way um, they interacted with customers and the marketplace. And as well as leadership abilities, um, I was able to take a role and become president of an association. And so it taught me a lot about leading groups and uh, how to build coalitions towards things. And then I think, you know, finally, the business community as a whole, um, I guess when I was really starting my own, my own web site businesses, we didn't have the same startup community, especially um, in the Tampa Bay area that we have today. So my support groups were you know, like the Ebor Chamber of Commerce or Emerge Tampa Bay when, when that was around and, and focused on young professionals. So it was more general access to young professional support as opposed to today where you have, you know, like startup week or weekend, or you have the wave and, and different incubators. Um, those weren't really available um, 15, 20 years ago, um, but the, they, their forerunners were like the chambers of commerce and things like that and in getting involved. And I think community involvement um, across the board is the way to really kind of find resources, um, develop skills, and really put yourself in a position to be successful.
0: I think you're you're hitting it on the nail that community is a big part of it but also being mindful that everyone is teaching you something along the way whether it's something you should be doing or shouldn't be doing and that can really have a real impact and where you're headed and your ultimate goals and uh in life one yes. of the things I want to talk a little bit about is you know why do you do what you do I, I think we've touched on kind of the story of how you got there but but what is the core thing that motivates you? I think the community has a part of it, the the mentorship you've gotten has had a part of it. What what do you equate the why of what you do?
1: So I have a very acute why story. Um, I really, you know, doing web development for 15 years um, at the time, or longer at the time, um, really allowed me to dabble in a bunch of different projects. And it was around 2011, at the end of 2011, that um, in discussions with friends that year, and this was the year the Occupy movement was going on, um, the Tea Party movement was very new at the time, and there was a lot of upheaval about you know, corporate America and, and what companies were doing to the marketplace and to customers and, and society. And, um, it really, I had a moment where, where somebody had recommended writing a book and, uh, I was like, what would I write a book about? I have no idea. And literally like um, within 30, a month and a half, um, I found myself sitting in a bar late at night, putting notes into my iPhone and it was book notes. And I really, um, the first book was called corporate empathy and it was an exploration of why when we talk about small business and startups and and they're all warm and cuddly they do amazing things and and we want as many startups and small businesses as possible but when a small business becomes a large business or especially a multinational public corporation all of a sudden we hate them and they're exploitative and they don't pay their workers well and they you know pillage the environment and i was like what happened between filing your articles of incorporation and going public. I was like, what the hell? And so that was really, the book was uh, almost a year project of me really researching what happened. And I learned a lot about corporate law and about economics professors and law professors and how, you know, if you go to law school or an economics um, major um you're given a very simplistic reason for why business exists and you're told business exists to maximize profits and i'm like well if that was the case everybody would go into banking and finance nobody would start a restaurant because that is not the way to maximize profits um so i really you know found these fundamental flaws in how the system was being taught to people and um from that, found an organization called uh, Conscious Capitalism and became the founder of the Florida chapter for Conscious Capitalism, um, which really kind of led me to find a larger network. If I looked at like the advertising industry as a trade group um, for advertising professionals, Conscious Capitalism was a community of pro-business people that felt business could do good at the same time that it made money, because a, a for-profit business has to have profits, but it doesn't have to like maximize profits at the expense of everything else. And so I found a community there, and you know that led to kind of further refining my own ideas and, and writing a second book about you know about the future of labor, and from that starting a research institute. And so now my why is is we're trying to figure out what the macroeconomics are for conscious capitalism. You know, everybody talks about social enterprise or the individual social entrepreneur or somebody starting a benefit corporation or a certified B Corp or a veteran preneur. Um, and all of these things are focused on individual people starting individual businesses that are doing good while making money. And what's not happening in the academic and professional field of economics is a follow-up to go, okay, what does macroeconomics look like if entire industries are conscious, if entire communities are rallied behind benefit corporations or social enterprise? And so what we want to do is our focus is, and my focus every day is, how do we change the face of economics to make it more approachable and understandable and, and to let people know that that economics is a observation of how we operate business it's not a rule book for how business must operate and so that's really my why every day is trying to just carry that mission forward and it's been you know unlike um, previous business ventures for me this is really since 2011, I have not wavered from this mission. Um, the, the vehicle that I've used, whether it's Conscious Capitalism, Gasparilla Interactive, um, writing two books or doing a TED Talk, all of those things centered around, I want to make sure that the economy changes to provide more opportunity
0: for people. Well, I, I think a lot of that is really keen on influencing people's mindset, right? It, breaking away from the core education that we've received, the mindset that has been here for many, many years, and and highlighting the fact that it's not the status quo for one and two. It is most of the time not the way most businesses accelerate and grow into something much larger than themselves is, is brilliant. There's some real... Um, Intuitive, mind, uh, uh, intuitive insights in what you put together and the way you articulate it for people to understand uh, I think has, has had a real impact in the community around you and the people that are able to listen to what you say. Are there any particular examples you can think of of people that have really just taken to the message you're offering, what you're saying, the, highlighting the fact that there is an opportunity to do things different than the way they've been the, in the past? um
1: you know as as this kind of journey has gone i I have reached an increasingly wide circle of people um i think the the two of the largest validations in the last year or so have been um being invited to akron ohio to speak at the ted um event in akron um you know the midwest has been really really hurt um in workforce development um, and a whole plethora of economic um, issues around the fact that, that we have only one way of measuring value and that's gross domestic product um, and production uh, by people working to produce stuff for us to buy. And so being invited to, to Akron was really a, a, a a moment for me that I was like, okay, it's not just, you know, Vinny and Tampa working on this idea and, and, and talking to his close friends. Um, it's something that I, you know, I reached out to people that I did not know previously. And they were like, we want you to come here. And we want you to share your story um, with this community. And then last year, I was invited to speak um, at a conference in San Francisco on transforming the economy. And so you know those kind of moments really kind of solidify that you go okay this is gaining traction and um you know now we've kind of circled back here to, to the tampa bay region and with the research institute you know um working with the local colleges here um and and looking to do some events in 2020 that will really share that that tampa bay as a region um has what it needs to put itself on the map as a thought leader in the future of economics.
0: Absolutely. I I think it really shows the growth that has been here in the entire state. Tampa is one of the key places that exists, but nine, I believe six or nine cities in the state of Florida made Inc's top 50 for starting a business. in, and that is just a real, keynote of what is going on behind the scenes the entire community yeah. standing up and coming together to support people who are stepping out beyond the status quo that has existed for a long time uh, i know i found tampa to be incredibly welcoming and it definitely set an entire me down an entire journey that i would have not ever had gone a, gotten on if i had not engaged in the community that is there so i'm i'm too i'm incredibly thankful for that you know, as you, you look back, you've been down this particular path for for a few years now. Were there any thing you wish you knew when you started out that would have helped you get to where you are maybe a little bit quicker or maybe with a few less bruises?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, the, the journey is the process. I remember when I was writing the first book um, and it was called Corporate Empathy and it was about companies having empathy for stakeholders. Um, although I didn't even use the word stakeholders in the book because I didn't really know it that well at the time, um, I had published the book in September, and about a month or so later, I was, you know, as a as a good web developer, I was searching for my own information to see how it was showing up, and um, an article came up um, called something I think it was like conscious capitalism. Can empathy save America? And I read this article about the conscious capitalism movement and the fact that John Mackey, the founder of Whole Foods, was publishing this book that was going to be coming out in January of 2012. No, January of 2013. Because I took all of 2012 to write the book, um, mostly. I published in September. I was doing this Google search in late October. And the funny thing is, this book had been talked about prior to that article um conscious capitalism was already an organization and had i found that article and the conscious capitalism movement three months earlier i might have said well john mackey's got this crap covered why would i bother finishing my book um but i didn't it stayed hidden until a month after i published and it became the connecting point where I went, okay, I wrote a book called corporate empathy that didn't sell a million copies, but John Mackey is going to publish a book and has a complete nonprofit global movement that we can attach the state of Florida to. So rather than recreating a wheel, I had credibility because I published a book. So when I reached out to Cons- to conscious capitalism, they were like, welcome to the community. And so, I don't know what I would want to know previously, um, or not because it would change the trajectory. Um, I do have about 150 shirts that I printed in 2014. (laughs) I have to recycle now, um, that I probably wish I hadn't purchased, (laughs) especially with now how on-demand printing is so much easier. You know, had I waited 18 months, um, maybe I wouldn't have printed those shirts. Um, but but yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, you know, I completely agree. That journey is, is a big part of it. And there are lessons there that you will not learn unless you experience those bruises uh, and those ups and downs. Are there any resources that have been particularly helpful? You know, publishing a a book is not easy.
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, From publishing a book, um, the, the actual, the, the physical structure of it's super easy now, um, for, you know, Amazon purchased create space and I was able to use a word template and design it all. Um, I think the biggest resource I had was the, I went back to the university of Tampa and used undergraduate credits to finish my book. And it, it did a couple of things. Um, because the first book I did, I was fortunate enough to have some friends that at the time were in their final year of their dissertations for their Ph.D. programs. And so I had, you know, three people that were very supportive of reading my material and were educated enough to give me really good structural criticism back um, and to keep me going forward. Um, I was lucky to have that, um, by design though, in going back to the university of Tampa and using undergraduate credits, I basically used, I think, four independent study semesters to work on my book with three different professors. And so that gave me a schedule. Um, I had a professor that was going to submit a grade that I was paying tuition for. (laughs) So, um, it also gave me access to the library resources at the university. Um, I think whether it's a community college, public school, or a private uh, university, I think the liberal arts programs are undervalued right now in their benefit, especially for adult learners that already have the technical skills, but now have an opportunity to like, think more theoretically and apply that. Um, I think that's probably the biggest resource I had um and i don't think the the book definitely would not have been close to what it was if i didn't have you know one of my professors was very left-leaning and and pushed me with questions that that helped me shape the way i was making my arguments and i had another professor that was a management professor that was very um pro-market business leaning and challenged me as well Um, and i was able to find something that now I have a book that, that's very bipartisan and very economically and theoretically sound. And I think it was the university process that helped me do that. Um, but what was nice is again, it was undergraduate. So I didn't have the restrictions of doing it as a master's program. Um, and I paid less in tuition as well.
0: So. I, I think that's a really unique story. There's not many people who lean into the education system as a resource to create, products that they use on the outside of the system. Um, it, it's the one thing that made me successful in my graduate programs. and It was the first time I saw the real value in the education system when I was able to lean into the programs that I was going through and apply them to what I was trying to do on the outside of the university system. So I, I applaud you in that that mindset and definitely recommend others to look into ways to utilize that if you can tie what you're doing into something you care about and you're passionate about it'll be 10 times better because you will care deeply about the exactly yeah oh that's brilliant i love it it's a phenomenal backs um uh, mindset for how you achieve what you wanted it what your goal was uh I truly love it i
1: i think i i hope more people are able to access that i know that's part of my work is, is how do we get m- how do we reduce the risk for people in their, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, to go back to school, not specifically for an MBA or some specific certificate that their work is going to pay for, but to actually explore things that they're interested in um, without it costing them $50,000. I mean, and that's the hard part right now is there there's, an immense amount of value in, in, in that relationship um, but the cost is prohibitive right now and that's got to change
0: somehow absolutely hey I mean we could talk all day about the education system and the woes of, yeah. uh, of a aging system for sure uh, but it is yeah. definitely one of my soapboxes I'm trying not to step on when we're talking about your, your journey and what your uh, your experiences are. <laughs> Uh see uh, <clears throat> what is the most common reason that you've seen people fail or, in, or give up?
1: Not starting.
0: Ooh,
1: that's think, a good one. I, I, think that's, <laughs> I think once you start and fail, it's kind of like, well, you're either going to, you're either going to, that's the last time you're going to start and fail, or you realize it doesn't hurt that bad and you keep going. Um, I I think that's, that's probably. Absolutely.
0: Do you you have, uh, you know, I completely agree. Like the, the ability to get off your your ass and move off the couch and do something is, is the hardest part. Execution is what sets people apart from those who are, um, who have an idea and those who have something that has changed the world or made an impact, Uh, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen you can everyone has an idea but it's those who have actually moved and taken action and started that learn more and uh, make a bigger impact in the world as a whole exactly well said do you have any last thoughts for uh, our listeners and uh, any last comments
1: last comments and thoughts um i guess you know the only Thing that hasn't come up, and, and like I said I, I bring this up everywhere, and that's you know the 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 Tampa Bay community has some unique properties to it. Um, we have the Pointer Institute, which um, while while the business structure of the Tampa Bay Times no longer supports the Pointer Institute, um, the institute is at the forefront of helping. Facebook and other online media companies combat fake news and and that is happening right here in St. Pete. Um, And then the second is, you know, we've got Wikipedia was founded in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I bring it up often and and sometimes it's kind of discounted as well. Jimmy Wells was kind of an ass and we didn't need him anyway. And I'm like, You know, if the next Jeff Bezos came out of Tampa or St. Petersburg, do you think he's going to be any easier to deal with than Jimmy Wales was? Uh, And that was never the point. The point that I always made was here is one of the top five websites on the planet that's provided access to information unparalleled in this century um, or anywhere in human history. And I would like to see this region create the next Wikipedia, whether that's in academic publishing or, um, social networking or journalism or ride sharing. Um, I think the next wiki is the breakaway change maker for the internet, not the next Facebook or the next Amazon or the next Uber. Um, and I really would like to see this, this region um, focus on that because I think, like I said, with Pointer um, and some other things in this area, I think we've got the foundation for it to come from here again. I don't, I don't think Wikipedia would have come from San Francisco.
0: Um, I
1: think it had to be finished there because they had the resources, but I don't think the idea would be hatched there the way it was here.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree. I think the mindset into what Tampa has and those resources that can be leaned into is a key part of why the system is growing so effectively and why you see so many people flocking to that, the community and starting businesses from restaurants to tech companies. It's incredible to see that growth. The Vinny, it was a phenomenal conversation. I truly appreciate your time. How can our guests get a hold of you?
1: Thank you, Robert. It was, uh, I, I really appreciate being on the show and, and being part of this. The work you're doing for the startup community is wonderful. Um, it's been good to, to know you over the last few years and see what you're doing. Um, easiest way to find me is um, Vinnie Tefiro on all social platforms uh, with a Y. And, uh, and then uh, the Institute is the Institute for Economic Evolution, uh, which can be found at um, evolveeconomics.org
0: wonderful thank you again so much we truly appreciated having you on and i look forward to seeing you soon
1: thanks robert take care you too
0: you've been listening to the startup santa show part of our 2020 hindsight series where we've been talking to entrepreneurs and those who have pursued their passion thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today we truly appreciate your support and hope you stay safe in these crazy times around the world